Welcome to Riverbend Church's podcast, and thanks for listening. Riverbend is a church in Hernando, Mississippi, that is focused on our calling to restore the community around us. For more information, visit rbhernando.church. We hope you enjoy the message. Good morning. If you have a copy of God's Word, turn to Joshua, the uh, main portion of our service this morning. We will be in Joshua chapter 3 and Joshua chapter 4. So Joshua titled it this morning, Boots on the Ground. They are putting themselves across the Jordan into the promised land. They have been traveling. These children of Israel have been traveling for 40 years, wandering in the wilderness. And now they are coming into the promised land. Joshua chapter 3 begins with these words. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Shittim, and they came to the Jordan, he and all the people of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. At the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, as soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priest, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. Yet there shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near it, in order that you may know the way You shall go. For you have not passed this way before. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua said to the priest, Take up the Ark of the Covenant, pass on before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we spend time in your word today. God, as we we look at this historical event that took place thousands of years ago, God, would you drive the truth, your word, would you drive it into our hearts and into our lives in such a way God, there, there is application, there is action throughout every aspect of your word. But Father, for, for us today in 2019, may this not be a foreign event, foreign in, in length of time or foreign that it happened to others, but Father, that you would drive action in us and out of us from this, your word. For we're yours. We were created by you. We are created for your purpose. May we see that today in Christ's name. Amen. It is happening even as I am standing on this platform. It's happening in in every country in the world today. It is happening by, by numerous governments. And what is happening at this moment is some recon. 
It's happening by those who are dressed like tourists. It's happening by those who are dressed in soldiers' uniforms. But do not be naive. It is happening. It's happening on our soil. It's happening on everyone else's soil. All for the purpose of knowing what is going on in a particular country, in a particular region, in a particular city. And it was happening with Joshua. It was happening with the children of Israel, and God had already done that. Some 40 years previous, he had sent 12 spies into the land to spy out the land. Ten of those spies came back with a bad report. Two of those spies, Joshua and Caleb, came back with a great report. And for 40 years, because the children of Israel believed the ten spies' reports, instead of Joshua and Caleb's, they wandered. So now, he sends two spies Those two spies are spoken of in chapter 2. If you read chapter 2, we'll spend some time in just a moment in chapter 2. But if you read chapter 2, these two spies receive their marching orders. And you and I have marching orders as well. But the recon is done. First point this morning out of two is this. The minute components of the command. They are important. The minute components of this command, of the command that God gives the children of Israel, of the command that Joshua gives the two spies, of the commands that God gives you and me, those minute components of those commands, they're important. You and I might find ourselves thinking, if we just get the large things right, we're good. And it's good to get the large things right. Those are huge components of the puzzle. Those are huge pieces that need to be put in place. But if you and I don't get the small components. I just read for us six verses there in chapter 3. Did you see the small components? I didn't ask you before I read it for you to... Look at the details of these components. But just let me walk back through it. And let's look at some small components that are necessary. They are important for the task to take place. Look there at verse number 4. It says this, Yet... You're going to do this, verse 3, verse 2 and 3. At the end of three days, the officers came through. As soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant, you're to follow it. Yet here's some details. There shall be a distance between you and the Ark of the Covenant, about 2,000 cubits in length. Why? Because you've never been here before. You have never been 
where you are going at this moment. So therefore, put some distance between you and the Ark of the Covenant. What was the picture of the Ark of the Covenant? The picture of the Ark of the Covenant was this. It was the presence of God. And God was going before this children of Israel. He was going before this people, this nation. And they and he said to them, hey, put some distance so that you can know where you are to step. Because you've never been here before. Then Joshua said to them in verse 5, Consecrate yourselves. Small component. It could have happened this way, but it didn't. It could have happened this way. Hey Joshua, get everybody to go to their tent. Because God is going to come through the midst of the camp and he is going to consecrate every single one of you. What does it mean to consecrate? It is the verb form of what we would call to be holy, to be set apart, to to get your act in order, so to speak, because there is a particular reason or purpose that is to come upon you or that is you are about to take part in. So get ready. Question. Do you think that every single one of the children of Israel wanted to go into the promised land? Yes. They were sick and tired of being sick and tired, but they were sick and tired of eating. What is it? Manna. They were sick and tired of seeing this pillar at dawn all the way through the day, this cloud, and whenever it moved, they were to move. They were sick and tired of picking up all their stuff in their tent and toting it to the next camp. Do you know what else they were sick and tired of? I believe that they were sick and tired of funerals because for 40 years, a whole generation passed away in front of their eyes. And they were ready to enter into this land. So were they ready? Yes, they were. Do you think, though, that some of these in the children of Israel could have possibly just just overlooked some some small details so that they could hurry up and get into the land? Yes, they had tried that. Right after the 12 spies came back with their reports. They tried to go in and they got their tails kicked. And so they set out on a 40-year journey. So now they hear these statements. They hear this statement that you are to consecrate yourself. So how do you do that today? How do we... If this is what you and I are to be about in 2019, how do we consecrate ourselves? A few weeks ago, Austin stood up and he preached um, out of Ecclesiastes. And I believe that one of the verses that he used, he spoke somewhat about this. In Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 1, it talks about some flies, and it also talks about a little folly. So if you see that, I believe it's a little further in the, in the slides, but in Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 1, here's what Solomon said for you and for me, and I believe it 
resonates with us in consecrating ourselves. Dead flies make a perfumer's oil ferment and stink. So a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. So Austin and I talked about this after he preached this. And I was like, you didn't even come back to that statement very much. You keyed in on verse on points one and three. And point two just nailed me. It, it just nailed me. Talking about dead flies. You're like, that's just sick, Brian. Yeah, it is. You know why? Because dead flies are small little things. Small little things. Just the little components of life. And if you and I, if I don't get them right, if you don't get them right, guess what? We miss all of it. So Joshua is telling the people, hey, consecrate yourselves. Get these small things right. Another small component. If the small components, the minute components are all important, another component of this whole plan happened in chapter 2 when two spies went into the city of Jericho. And they went into the wall, into the city, and they met this woman named Rahab. And Rahab was, let's just call her a woman of the night. Rahab's profession was not one that we would look at as a great profession. You're like, how in the world could these two spies go into this woman's house? Because that's where chapter 2 states that they went into. They went into this woman's house and Rahab was a prostitute. But just think about it for a second. Let's, let's just think about it for a second. Rahab received visitors, right? More than likely, a lot of them. That was her profession. But Rahab also knew how to keep her mouth shut because that was her profession. So when a visitor would come in, guess what? She wouldn't tell. What were they to do? Those two spies were to figure out what was happening inside the city. And so they go and they ask a city dweller. And she shares what's happening in the city. What's happening? Their whole heart, she states, it, it has left them. It's, it's like they, they have just been shocked. They are all in shock. Just the color out of them is, is fleeing because they know God is about to give their city to the Israelites. In the midst of this time, there's a small component that is very important for Rahab if she wants to be saved in the midst of the destruction. Look there in the middle of chapter 2. In the middle of chapter 2, verse 15, it states this, Then she, she let them down by a rope through the window, for her house was built in the city wall so that she lived in the wall. And she said to them, go into the hills or the pursuers will, will encounter you and hide there three days until the pursuers have returned. Then afterward, you may go your way. And the men said to her, we will be guiltless with respect to this oath of yours 
that you have made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, you shall tie this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And you shall gather into your house your father and mother, your brothers and all your father's household. Then if anyone goes out of the doors of the house into the street, his blood shall be on his own head and we shall be guiltless. But if a hand is laid on anyone who is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head. If you tell this business of ours, then we shall be guiltless with respect the oath which you have made us swear. And she said, according to your words, so be it. You see the small, minute components? She had to have that scarlet cord out the window. She had to have those that were in her father's house, in that room, in that house. If they were out in the city, they would be destroyed. But if they were there, it was on God. It was on the children of Israel that they would not destroy them and they would be saved. There are small components of your walk and of my walk that you have to take extremely serious every single day. We have to take them serious for our mission to come about a success. Like Brian, I'm not on a mission. I'm just trying to get out of the 10th grade. You've got nine more weeks if you're in the 10th grade, right? Spring break, we got nine weeks. Brian, I'm not on a mission. I'm just trying to make it through another week. We're all on a mission. Every single one of us as sons and daughters of God, every single one of us who have bowed the knee, who have accepted him as Savior and Lord, we are on a mission. Here's a couple of verses that deal with our mission. Parents, here's a part of our mission. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these things I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. You and I have a mission, and that is to impart this. Genesis through Revelation, God's word to the next generation, so that they might know him. You and I have a mission. Paul wrote it this way in Romans chapter 12, I, 12, verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice. Present it holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Teenager and adult alike. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. He goes on and he says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with a, with a sober judgment, 
each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not have the same function, so we, though many, though many sitting here today, we are one body in Christ. And individually, we're members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. If prophecy is your gift, in proportion to your faith. If service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads, do it with zeal. The one who does acts of mercy. Do it cheerful. Why? Because every single one of us are on a mission. And the minute component of your mission, sir, the minute components of your mission and my mission, they are important. Joshua moves forward in verse number 7. Of chapter 3. And the second point this morning, not only do we see that those minute components are important, we see there are reminders set up. There are reminders set up for all to know what God did. The Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, verse 7, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And as for you, command the priest who bear the Ark of the Covenant, when you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. And Joshua said to the people of Israel, Come here, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, here is how you shall know that the living God is among you, that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, Jebusites, all those ites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing over before you into the Jordan. Now therefore, take twelve men from the tribes of Israel, from each tribe a man, and when the soles of the feet of the priests bearing the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing, the waters coming down from above shall stand in one heap. So when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan, with the priest bearing the ark of the covenant before the people. And as soon as the bearing, as those bearing the ark had come as far as the Jordan and the feet of the priest bearing the ark were dipped into the brink of the water. Look at the parenthetical statement. Now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of the harvest. And it was at harvest time that they were coming. The waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a heap far away at Adam. It's the city. And they rose up in a heap very far away to the city beside Zarathan. And those flowing down toward the sea at the Arabah, the salt sea. 
They were completely cut off. And the people passed over opposite Jericho. The priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant, the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all Israel was passing over on dry ground until all the nation finished passing over the Jordan. A reminder is given to the children of Israel. Wouldn't you like a reminder? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you like a reminder sometimes? You know, last week, um, Saturday week ago, there, there was a reminder given to me. Uh, every time I see him, it's the first thing that he says. And it's a reminder. Every time I see my uncle, the first thing that he says is, Hey, Brian, where's that miracle of yours? And he's talking about Paige. Because that uncle and his wife, my aunt, spent numerous nights in the hospital watching Paige so that I and my mom or her mom, the rest of the family, could go rest while Paige was in ICU after her wreck. And every time he sees me, or every time he sees her, he states those words, there is a miracle. Brian, if you ever needed to know about a miracle, there's one right there. It's, it's a reminder. Every time I see him, that's exactly what he says. Every time the children of Israel from this day forward would look at the Jordan River, it was a reminder But even more than that, Joshua said, hey, take one man from each of the 12 tribes, and when the Ark of the Covenant is there and the waters are rolled up, you read chapter 4, he states, every man, you go pick up a stone and put it on your shoulder. We're not talking about a rock you can put in your pocket. It is a stone. Go pick up one of those stones and bring it all the way to Gilgal where we're going to camp. And they carried it. And then they set up those 12 stones. Why? As a reminder to the next generation, as a reminder to generations after the fact that there is a God in Israel. There is a God in all the earth. Do you need a reminder today? March 2019. Some of us might be asking, Lord, just just give me a reminder. Just give me a reminder. I don't know how you are with spiritual disciplines. I'm pretty bad at them. And one of the ones that I'm really bad at is journaling. Um, If you were to go back to my desk in the office, you would see three different journals that I tried to start. I did start them. I didn't try to start them. I did start them. But, but it goes back to like 2009, 2010 in one of them. And then there's a lot of space, meaning time passes, and the next one might be 2013. And maybe I couldn't find that book. That's possible. And so I picked up another book to start a journal. And so I've got 2010, like Six different entries in 2010, and then it's 2014. Two things about that. Maybe that's where you are. Maybe that's the furthest thing from you. 
If you and I need a reminder, it is a good thing for us to write down what's happening in our lives today. For us to be reminded, one, because you may be going through a terrible time right now, right at this moment. It may be the absolute worst that you have ever gone through. And you need a reminder. When God brings you through it, you need a reminder. Even in the worst of times, you were right there with me. And also, maybe it's the best of times. You need a reminder when you are walking through the worst of times that he is right there and that he loves you. The children of Israel needed a reminder. God knew that they needed a reminder, and so he told them, hey, go pick up 12 stones, bring them to this place, and you set them up. But there are also in that chapter, you look at chapter 4, there are also in that chapter, Joshua goes into the river of Jordan. And as he goes into the river of Jordan, the water is packed up. And he goes into the river of Jordan and he sets up 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan. Why? It's not that God needed a reminder because he forgets. But it is a reminder for him. It's a reminder because there is a covenant between him and them. And they have a reminder set there outside of Gilgal. And he has a reminder in his river that is running over and over and over and over it continually being reminded. I told Joshua everywhere his foot was going to step, it was his. I told them if they would take all the components, if they would follow after me, this land would be theirs. It's my promise to them. Some 2,000 years ago, some 2,000 years ago, there was a reminder given to you and to me. And that reminder was this, that the perfect, sinless, spotless Lamb of God took your place. He took your place on the cross. He died your death. We sang it just a moment ago. He died the death that you and I deserved. He paid for your sin. Small and great. And if you and I ever, ever ask, Lord, how much do you love me? What is the reminder? The reminder is that at Calvary, He paid for you. You and I have that love letter written to us right here. It's in the pages, one verse at a time, one paragraph at a time. And maybe your week coming up is going to be a terrible week. Here's the reminder. Maybe your month coming up, maybe 2019, you just cannot. It's already been so bad. You cannot wait for the year to change. We've gone through those years before. Here's the reminder of how much he loves you. Here's the reminder of what he's done for you. Get the small things right. Get the large things right. But know before anything else, know above anything else, he loves you. And he has reminded us over and over 
and over again. Heavenly Father, God, it, it is amazing how much you love us. Father, the, the details of what takes place in history that you have given. Father, that resonate with, with all the, the historical events that are recorded inside and outside of your word. Thank you. Thank you for the reminder, afresh and anew, of how much you love us to the extent that you would go for us. River Bend, the invitation this morning is simple. Consecrate yourselves. Think through your life this morning as, as we sing to Him. Think, think through your life. There are things that you and I need to get rid of. We need to throw away. We need to come to Him. Do that today. Maybe you don't know Him. He paid the price for you so that you might not just know Him with your mind, but you might experience Him with your life for all eternity. And He desires for you to know Him in that way. I'd love to introduce him to you. You stand and you join us as we sing and you respond to him this morning. You have been listening to the latest message from Riverbend Church. We hope you enjoyed it. Live Sin.